Thank you, uh, Themios, Mr. Mishropoulos, the IMO Secretary General Emeritus, uh, for the kind introduction. Uh, more than uh, I can do myself. Mm. Uh, Mr. Nicholas Porrogis, the President of the Capital Link, and the, the IMO Secretary General Emeritus, and the excellencies, distinguished participants, and ladies and gentlemen. It is a great pleasure for me to be here, and I'm grateful to the organizer for the opportunity to speak you today. You may not be well aware of the, the role of IMO, IMO is the United Nations agency responsible for safe, secure, environmentally sound, efficient, and sustainable shipping. Our main task is to develop and adapt and promote the regulatory framework within which international shipping operates. Our mandate was originally limited to safety-related issues, but subsequently this remit has just expanded to embrace environmental consideration, legal compensation issues, technical cooperation, maritime security, and other issues that affect overall efficiency of shipping. In short, related to almost all sorts of international social responsibility arising from international shipping. IMO is driven <clears throat> by each member government, of which there are currently 174 member states. They sent their representative, usually a mixture of policy makers, technical expert to IMO's highly specialized committee and subcommittee meetings, each with its own well-defined agenda. They will sit together typically for a week or more at a time to discuss issues impacting international shipping. Other non-governmental bodies assist in this, offering their experience and representing their own policy interest, industry group, environmental concern, and many other able to participate in that process. Within the context of shipping, IMO's work can and does have a huge implication. New regulations adopted by IMO usually become mandatory throughout the industry in the form of international convention or treaties to which governments, both flag state and post-state, become parties. As such, they affect both day-to-day -day operation and the long-term policy decision for the shipping industry. In many cases, ship owners find they have more than one way to meet new regulation. They might, for example, have to choose between retrofitting expensive 
new onboard systems or equipment or radically changing operational procedure. In some cases, even ending a ship's economic lifetime early and investing in brand new ones. So it is clear that IMO's regulation can play a very important role in investment and the financing decision surrounding shipping. That's one reason why it is so important all sectors of the maritime world are aware of what goes on at IMO and to a certain extent have some input to the decision-making process. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, this morning, uh, you have uh, participated in a very interesting roundtable discussion uh, dedicated to dry bulk, tanker, container, LPG, LNG sectors, particularly about the financial risk and opportunity in each of them. All of these sectors are protected by comprehensive regulatory framework developed by IMO that cover how the ships are designed, built, and how they are equipped and how their crews are trained, as well as operational measures, including how their cargoes must be handled and safeguarded. That's typical of IMO work throughout the entire industry. This afternoon, the focus moves toward the industry challenges and the future of shipping. This is something that must be seen within the context of the current drive toward a more sustainable society, something with which the world as a whole is becoming increasingly concerned. Global efforts in this context are now focused most sharply on the 17 Sustainable Development Goals called SDGs which were agreed and adopted by the nations of the world 2015. They are without doubt the most far-sighted, important set of goals that mankind has ever conceived, setting out the clear targets to end poverty, protect the planet, and ensure prosperity for all. So what is the link to shipping and to you? Well, by providing improved access to basic material, goods, and products, by facilitating commerce and helping create prosperity among nations and the people, shipping is helping lift millions of people out of poverty. Shipping, of course, needs to be secure, its own sustainability and that embraces both financial and environmental sustainability. In this, IMO is making very important process. <clears throat> For example, in April, as mentioned earlier by the Secretary Emeritus, IMO's Maritime Environment Protection Committee adopted an initial strategy for reducing greenhouse gas emission from international shipping. I cannot stress strongly enough how significant this is. For the first time, there is a clear policy commitment to a complete phase-out of GHG emission from ships, a specific linkage 
to the Paris Agreement and a series of clear levels of ambition, including at least a 50% cut in emission from the sector by 2050. This strategy includes a series of candidate measures that might be applied to achieve these targets in the short and the medium and the long term. And now we must begin the detailed work of agreeing which of these will actually be adopted. But to have this overall framework within which the technical discussion can now take place is a truly historic uh, breakthrough. I believe this would uh, give uh, another huge impact to the shipping industry. However, I have to be very much grateful, not only the IMO member state, but also to the industry, yourself, or related shipping-related industry, for their great contribution and the devotion to the successful outcome to adopt that initial strategies. Myself, before my position, I was uh, uh, even uh, working for the uh, government of Republic of Korea. Uh, myself, uh, a long time engaged in establishing a policy how to promote the shipping and the maritime industry for the fleet, shipping fleet of Republic of Korea. And also before the, uh, my position, I was learning uh, the Busan port. Every day I was just talking about uh, shipping market, particularly development uh, since uh, 2008 when the financial crisis happened. What is the impact, what is developed the shipping industry in terms of the container lines or what, uh, the bulk areas, what is the shipping uh, finance issues, what is the credibility of the shipping industry. So I know to some extent sentiment of the shipping industry. With that in mind, again, I'd like to really appreciate those efforts, cooperation from uh, shipping industry for IMO to adopt by the member state decision to adopt the, uh, those important decisions, together with the support from NGO and the industry. Another key IMO measure, which is helping shipping secure its environmental sustainability, is a forthcoming reduction in sulfur, upper limit of a permissible sulfur contents in the ship's fuel oil. Without getting too technical, 1st January 2020 has been set as the date for a significant reduction in the sulfur contents of the fuel oil used by ship from 3.5% to 0.5%. You may have seen this referred to in the industry and the media as IMO 2020. This is a landmark decision for both environment and for human health. It demonstrates a clear commitment by IMO to secure shipping meet its environmental obligation. I know the sentiment of the shipping industry with respect to these issues. There are certain challenges we have to resolve most amicable way. 
However, I have to uh, mention clearly, based on development to date, actually uh, the date of implementation entering into force of that uh, the uh, regulation will not be changed. So important thing now is to ensure consistent implementation of the requirements. I'm always currently developing relevant implementation guidelines, which will look at the range of issues, including impact on fuel and machinery systems resulting from new fuel blends or fuel types, including the safety aspect and issues surrounding mechanism for verification and control. The sulfur limit regulation provides a perfect example of why it is important the shipping takes a proper consideration of IMO issues when framing its investment strategies. Ship owners have options with regard to how they meet these requirements. They need to understand what they are in order to make the right choices for them. Respect to uh, these issues, there will be an intersessional working group meeting in July. In order to look into detail about the certain practical issues and the challenges, as I mentioned earlier. So I'd like to take this opportunity to encourage not only member states and the NGOs, but the industry representative actively participate in that intersessional working group meeting in order to mitigate unnecessary problem or uh, challenges as much as possible uh, to the shipping industry. Since, the, as you know well, rulemaking is very important for safety, environment, or human health. However, I believe, or IMO believes, effective implementation is also important factor. There is a vital role in terms of implementation of the relevant IMO convention. Ladies and gentlemen, this is important year for IMO as we celebrate our 70th anniversary, while we have used the occasion to re recall our past achievement, we have also been keen to look forward into the future. All around us, in every part of our lives, we are encountering radical new models for the way we live, usually driven by innovative digital technology or artificial intelligence. This so-called discal disruption will arrive in the shipping world very soon. The next 20, 30 years will see as much change in shipping as we have experienced in the past 100 years. The shipping world must learn to move fast and adapt quickly. Technology holds the key to a safer and a more sustainable future for shipping. Thanks to new technology emerging in many ways, such as fuel and energy use, automation and vessel management, material construction, shipping is entering a new era. But technological advances present challenges as well as opportunity. 
their introduction into the regulatory framework, therefore, needs to be considered very carefully. We need to balance the benefits against the safety and security concerns, the impact on the environment, and on international trade, potential cost to the industry, and not least their impact on the people, both on board and ashore. IMO must be ready. Our challenge is ensure that the benefits offered by these emerging technologies can be fully realized, but without compromising safety, security, or environmental protection. If shipping needs to be more nimble and more adaptive in the future, then to must IMO. In this way, IMO can continue to help shipping make its contribution to global sustainable development and at the same time secure its own sustainability. Regulatory development can and do send a clear signal about the shape and the profile of shipping in the future. Therefore, send a strong signal to investors and technology developers about the way forward. They send a clear message to the shipping industry about the kind of investment decision it needs to make and a clear message to those at the forefront of technology, research and development that there will be a market for innovative ways to make shipping cleaner and greener. Finally, uh, we are actually one family contributing promotion of a global trade and uh, through a global shipping. So uh, I know, I believe you already feel familiar uh, with the IMO, but uh, we are rulemaking body, but we are very much in our interest in also uh, sustainability of a shipping industry. So. Uh, whenever you have a chance to uh, pass by the IMO and near the uh, River Thames in London, close to the Parliament, I hope you drop by. Myself, our secretary, our people will be very much welcome. And also you can enjoy on the fourth cafeteria located on the fourth floor facing River Thames. Very beautiful, nowadays more beautiful uh, weather. So you enjoy a cup of tea, uh, a cup of uh, coffee, latte, whatever, and uh, put on, ask a cashier, put on, on my secretary general account. <laughs> but not, uh, not the, the, the steak. Steak is uh, more expensive. <laughs> Thank you for attention.